Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another pre-season edition of the Crowcast Tuesday Night Live, of course, uh, brought to you by everyone who's ever supported us, basically, at the moment. Um, <laughs> uh, where's the sign that says uh, this space available? So if there's anyone around that wants to chuck us a sponsorship, that'd be great. Uh, but we do appreciate all our past sponsors, uh, uh, Smith Partners Real Estate, of course, uh, Tim's uh, Hardware and Boxed, uh, and in the past we've had the Harvest down on the Flurio there, the Strawberry Farm, and uh, someone else that I can't remember, but as soon as I do, I'll uh, I'll check them up. And of course, all our patrons on Patreon, if you want to get around us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AFLCrowcast and uh, have a crack at that. I heard uh, Macca. Macca, what are you doing here, mate? Well, you, you invited me, mate, because you were sure. <laughs> What the hell was I thinking? What was I thinking? Mate, you needed somebody to bring some decorum and PC to the place, mate. So I'm here. Yes, we... uh... I was about to say, so why is Macca here then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete uh, had to bail at the last minute. Uh, He had something unavoidable that he had to attend to. So uh, we say good day to him. But uh, Macca's been good enough to join us uh, off the bench. Uh, Freshened up after a spell, I would have thought, Mac. And uh, ready to go. Fighting fit, mate. Absolutely. Fighting fit. Fighting fit. Yep. And, of course, Nikki joining us uh, all through the pre-season for her, uh, her inimitable take on AFLW. Inimitable, Nikki. That's that's a bit to live up to. You really had to think of something to say there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, I, that I was... That pause was a little scary. <laughs> uh, unmatched. I don't, I don't know. Uh, unique. Uh, long-winded, who knows? <laughs> I'll just sit here and giggle. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, uh, hey, Nikki, you should that that they were the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know. Uh, look, anyway, uh, it's great to have everyone on Spreaker joining us. Of course, you can listen to us on Spreaker or Facebook, uh, and uh, through the preseason on demand on YouTube. We'll get that live stream going on YouTube once the season proper starts. But in the meantime, let's have a listen or let's have a a talk about what's been going on in the AFL. Not a hell of a lot going on, although there was a bit going on, uh, Nicky, a bit going on earlier this week about something with the AFL, and I can't quite, now that I've... About something. (laughs) Well... (laughs) We're so on top of it, aren't we? We're, no. we're just kind of like, yeah. You're talking about general, uh, the AFL general or the Crows? Because it's been a bit happening with the Crows. Well, let's I mean, talk about the up. AFL first, shall we? Well, we're talking about the AFL. Well, Melbourne, who uh, want to rise from the dead, they've got Gorm, who's got a bit of a knee injury, who may or may not be ready for the first one. But he's understudy in Bruce. He's done his... Uh, uh, cartilage and torn his cartilage, and he's, he's going to yeah. miss about eight games. Yeah. So, from Melbourne's point of view, and they've got a couple of other injuries too, so um, they may not ride from the dead as much as they'd like, really. So, um, in terms of Essendon, uh, they've got uh, O'Connor, the uh, speedy Irishman. He's gone back homesick uh, for a little while. He may or may not be back in time to play games. Uh, he's really missing his home. Yeah. Not backing on, uh, and. Uh, Talking about the Irish, that red-headed bull that I was hoping was going to stay with us uh, is built like a brick shit house. I mean, he would have been great to keep, but he's gone homesick and gone back to Ireland. No, um, he has. He wasn't homesick. He got a very nice, brand spanking new job waiting for him once he got back in Ireland. Oh, they bribed so, him back, did they, Nicky? Oh, yes, they did. They've given him a very good job with Keystone um, and they're already spruiking it. And I think that's what they had to do. Um, and I think quite a few strings were being pulled back in Ireland to keep him there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because by, by the sounds of it and what we talked about last week, our feeling was that we've probably got him um, lined up, but we knew that Ireland itself were exceedingly pissed and there's their reaction. They had to do something like that because they can't pay him because it's no. an amateur sport. No. Fair enough. Uh, well, and t- talking about Essendon, Joe Danaher, who, I mean, that, that what's his name, that guy, um, El Dorado, whatever his bloody name is for Essendon, I, I never can remember his name. They're, they're, <laughs> what are you talking they're, about? They're footy manager. 
Oh, I can't remember. Oh, Dodoro. That's it. That was a bloody close, wasn't I? Um, he he is. He always thinks he's so clever. He wants to screw the living daylights out of people. They had a broken down well, crop a in Jodano. No, well, you know what I mean. Um, and he, they got a broken down crop in Jodano, and they got offered uh, at one stage. I think they offered two first rounders, or, or at least one first rounder for him. And you know he kept saying he wanted Papley or some other t- youngster plus pick five plus pick ten. Of course, Joe Dan has he's broken down again, and he's unlikely to play very much footy if, if at all this year. Yeah. So uh, Sydney have dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah, oh definitely. Um, and a couple other things which uh, Vardy Magic was uh, very kind uh, to raise in the chat there. Uh, the half-time break remains the same in spite of all that bullshit that they floated out there to see what the reaction was about yep. being shorter. Yep. And, you know, seriously, if they made it any shorter, ha, ha, you know, people go to, yeah, to buy one of their gold-plated pies and uh, beer that costs about $1,000 for a glass, mm. and, and, you know, in 20 minutes, you you need every bit of that to do it. And if they'd cut another five minutes or so off of that, well, people just wouldn't be able to do it. So, it, it actually, Macca, it actually has nothing to do with the people the fans complained about it. The NFL yeah. were all set to change it. The only reason they haven't changed it is because Channel 7 has said, no, we need that time for advertising. <laughs> it's, it's purely and simply why it hasn't changed because Channel that's 7 the, said no. That's, and the other point, which I think is a contentious one, Nikki, and you and I may disagree on this, and I hope we do, um, the AFL... <laughs> Uh, the AFLW wanted to push, or somebody in the AFLW is pushing the case to try and make the AFL change its name to AFLM. And I would hope that that never, ever happens because uh, I've got news Why? for you. Nikki, I've got news for you. AFL. it means they might finally drop the V from there. Nikki, just be quiet for a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've got, I it's on already. precious people have gotten over this. It's hilarious. I have I, look, I've got news for the AFLW. They did not invent the AFL. The AFL, AFL invented oh, them. So, wait a minute. No, 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 wait no, 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 a minute. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. The AFL did not myself? invent football. The AFL stands for Australian Football League. Nikki the name of Australian rules football. Nikki they hated and I have hated the fact that it's now Victoria AFL. It's Canberra AFL. They've gone and branded the actual game of Australian rules football as the AFL, the Australian Football League. They've they've got their grubby little hands into that respect. So if they're going to go down that path, which is what they've done, they have the AFL women's, so the other competition is the AFL men's. No, it's bloody well not. It's Now, you should be quiet because you know, I've got one <laughs> and you've got about 20 out there. <laughs> It, look, oh, it's the AFL, and they created another competition <laughs> called the AFLW. Right. So they have the bloody right to say what it's called, not the AFLW trying to make them change their name. It's it, really... wasn't, it wasn't the AFL women's to do it. It was just <laughs> something that was put out on Twitter, as a, and, and because they also knew what the reaction was going to be because there's been a lot of very, once again, negative issues that – on the AFL Facebook page where they've done cross-promotions with the AFL women's and they have got a lot of trolls coming in and talking about how shit it is. And it was partly to just to highlight how precious some people feel when they think their lovely little masculinity is being threatened. Oh, it's hilarious. Don't it's worry about hilarious. So is the fact that the AFLW want the AFL to change their name. God's sake. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. It's a moot point anyway because they've uh, they've canned it uh, for what it's worth. I think it's silly. Um, but, I, I know, you know, but uh, no, no, Nikki, I, I rang the bell. I rang the bell. Yeah. That's enough. Uh, just before we move on to uh, the AFL, the other thing uh, I think worth probably talking about for a second is Jesse Hogan over in Fremantle, um, away again for uh, quote unquote mental health issues. Um, well, here I don't think he will play for Frio again. He's a very interesting case, isn't he? And I think yeah. there's no doubt that he was having those problems when he was with Melbourne. Yep. Melbourne did yeah. not. Melbourne did not inform Frio about that, and they unloaded him onto. Uh, yeah, for very good draft pick. So um, good trading by Melbourne, but 
in terms of ethics, maybe not. You know, I'm not sure what you think about that. With you, if you've got a player with a problem like that, do you think they should disclose it? I no, actually, I do think that Frio were fairly aware, but they thought him being back home, which is what would a lot of problems yeah. for him were, would help that because it was his father being unwell, just that distance from the family was causing a few issues, and him going home was hopefully something that was going to help rectify it. Yeah. But it's obviously a lot deeper than that and he needs to just get out of the football environment for a while for his own well-being. Yeah. You know, but Fee may well be right. You, you know, he may never come back. Yeah, I, well, I think Frio might actually cut him loose. I think they might work out a deal where they give him some support, um, but I, I think they might cut their losses um, on Jesse Hogan. I, I, I just don't think his heart's in it, uh, to be honest. Um, That's and what the, I'm thinking. Yeah, the last thing, just before we move off it, uh, Kane Corns during the week. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, good old Kane. Came out top, top five or top five worst uh, trades uh, in the AFL. And he slotted in Bryce Gibbs at number five. Now, I'm aware that Bryce had a fairly lean uh, season last year, but the, the bloke didn't do too badly for us when he came over to begin with. Is he really the fifth worst trade of all time? Uh, no, of course he's not. I mean... You know, the greatest one of all time is the Downs Pajamas trade, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Chris Groom for Andrew McLeod worked Chris out Chris Groom nice. for Andrew McLeod. I think he might have put a time frame around it. I can't remember, but the Chris Groom for Macca um, wins hands down every day of the week. Although, uh, although I will actually stick up for Chris Groom because at that time he was a very highly rated key oh, position yeah. player. Yeah. He he got a hell of a lot of injuries. Yeah, he he, he did. He got quite a serious hey, Look, I don't think uh, Chris Groom would have been a bad player um, for no. Frio. Uh, and you're right, Nick, he did get struck down a bit by injuries and his career got cut short. But Bryce, number five, come on. Come on, Kane. Jesus. Anyway. Okay. But remember the last thing, Kane's already in the headlines too because he accused uh, Cozzy, you know, uh, uh, the guy on Channel 9, of stealing uh, some of Lucy's marvellous material that she'd written. Yeah. And they, they called him as a thief and all those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, turns out that they'd, they'd actually done it on behalf of another, for another company who gave permission to Cozzy to use it. And, uh, <laughs> And their their way of apology is uh, almost as abusive as what they said in the first place. They yeah. are a vicious. They're vicious. Yeah. Well, we want to be careful about what we say about Lucy and Kane Corns uh, from a from a, in terms of personal uh, views. We're all entitled to them, but uh, suffice to say that neither of their opinions have any weight on this show. Um, someone who Correct. does, who, someone whose opinion does carry a lot of weight on this show, Maka, is Angela Pippos, and uh, we've been uh, playing a bit of our fantastic conversation with Angela uh, from last year, um, uh, so far over the preseason, and leading into our chat about the first round of AFLW on the weekend. Let's have a listen to Angela again on growing support of the AFLW. 3,000 people at Adelaide. Oh, that was incredible. Wasn't that incredible? And that was such a powerful and emotional experience for me because it was a real up yours to all of the doubters. Yeah. You know, it it has arrived and um, there is an appetite for it. And if it's promoted properly and supported and, um, you know, and given the right um, uh, coverage... Um, it will grow because it, it always annoys me that, you know, there's this, we don't give women and girls in sport the time and the luxury that we give boys and men. I mean, even in the media, um, a woman who wants to carve out a career as a commentator, I'm thinking of Kelly Underwood. I mean, she started her career at Channel 10 and, you know, they got they get a few complaints and they get nervous and then, then she's taken off air. And, you know, these male commentators are given time to develop their craft and to grow into the role. It feels like the women, if you're not a success in the first three and a half minutes, you know, that's it. You're out of there. So we need to be, we need to treat them the way that we treat men. And that's the same with a brand new competition. You know, back in the old days when men first started playing, you know, 
professionally, um, they weren't kicking massive scores. So I just think we need to let, you know, give give women time to grow into this new role, whether it's on or off the field. If only Brian Taylor was a female, we wouldn't have had to endure about 20 years worth of commentary. He would have already been gone. <laughs> Don't turn me on, Ryan. The, oh, look, oh. the thing of it is, though, Angela, with with that 53,000, that takes men and women to embrace the sport. And I think that's yep. been the, the biggest thing. It's not just women following women. It's it's males and females following a, a version of the sport. And uh, I think that's the, the thing that probably has surprised the AFL the most, the fact that it's been embraced by all, you know, both genders, all genders. It's not just uh, female-specific. Absolutely, and another example of that was the reaction to the Taylor Harris photograph. Yep. Um, yep. There were as, as many men as women condemning um, the trolls and those hideous comments. It felt like, for me, it was a real turning point where men and women came together. We were united to say we support Taylor Harris we support women in football and more broadly we support women and that was uh, another little snippet from our conversation with Angela um, good points as always there and Mac I know that you've been a bit on the fence with AFLW um, but you'd have to agree that the vitriol that's been occurring again at the beginning of this AFLW season has been like, pretty vile and unwarranted. Uh, no, totally. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not on the fence with AFLW. I'm just more um, AFL original, um, for another one of another word, uh, orientated. But um, I do watch the AFLW games and I do form an opinion on it. Um, and uh, I, I think quite right that uh, the vitriol is totally unjustified and the, the standard is not what it should be and it's not what it's going to be. It's, it's going to be uh, grow into something that will be a lot, lot better than what it is now. Because hey, Hang on a minute. What do you mean the standard isn't what it, what it should be? What, what should it be? So, well, put it this way. Um, the trolls would have nothing to say if, if they were trying to do this in about 10 years' time because by then we'll have uh, young young girls that have been done nothing but play uh, footy all through their uh, junior years and when, by the time they get up to play AFLW, they'll be damn good footballers that, who have uh, a beautiful disposal skills, evasive skills, etc., etc. Um, at the moment, um, I would say the standard of the AFLW is not, is not as high as... Uh, a lot of people would hope, and it's been, but it has been weakened this year again by the fact that by bringing in all the new teams into it, um, it's actually, I think there are some players playing this year that probably wouldn't have got a game last year. Um, but having said that, um, I watched the Adelaide game and I would support it as much as anybody else. I was disappointed with the result, but I'm also realistic enough to realise that the, the number of players they had out was was tremendous. When you Replace. Just carry on. We're on the clock here, mate. You bloody waffle. Like, have has Mrs. Macker not let you talk all off season? Have you been mute? Well, geez, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Bl- I wouldn't blame her. Well, I'll ask for an opinion, but like, not a, not a. Not a <laughs> He's giving you a recap as well as an opinion. <laughs> what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm not anti it. Yeah. Yeah, but but just on that that first kind of point you made. The problem is that we had those low, we had some of those lower leagues going on already before there was an AFLW, but because there is now some at this higher level, it's increased the participation rate. We're getting better coaching in. I mean, personally, my own team, the coach we have for our team, for a women's team, is also a development coach at the SANFL. So we're getting some high quality coaching um, going on there, and. Um, and we've seen skills improve dramatically just from having those better coaches around. But you wouldn't have that unless there was the SANFL um, little league that, that happens al- alongside the AFLW. So, yes, it, it is going to take those extra 10 years or so to fully get through. But I do think there's 
we're already starting to see some of these players coming through with that have been able to play all the way through now. They're not missing out. They hadn't had to stop at 13 or 14 like Aaron had. Um, if anybody saw the Fremantle game on the weekend, Roxy Rue, I mean, that girl could actually kick at 15 metres easily. I um, she She's a massive talent. There, there, no, was... there are some real talents there. I'm not arguing about that. What I'm saying is um, at the moment uh, it's not as it's not to the level it's going to be and for the very reasons you just said yourself then, Nicky. Well, I think that's, yeah. better, I think that's better wording, Mac. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Angela made a point uh, during that little snippet, you know, you go have a look at the scores in uh, – Men's football back in the at the beginning of the competition back in the early 1900s. So there weren't many uh, cricket scores uh, kicked in the first five or ten years of the competition in the male side either. Um, so you know, and they and they played longer quarters and had more people on the ground and all sorts of bloody things. So anyway, I don't want to labour the point, but um, uh, I th- it'll be it'll be nice when uh, we can say about the AFLW that the science is in and we don't have to talk about the validity of the competition anymore and we can just go ahead and do what we're going to do now which is talk about the game and uh, Adelaide uh, I couldn't understand the commentators saying that it was a massive upset because we had 93 players out um, <laughs> exactly exactly I mean and we, and we only had one player on the field who actually knew how to play football it's unbelievable remembered how to play football the rest of them seem to have forgotten yeah well, yeah well I mean in the end uh, Brisbane 5-4-34 to Adelaide 3-3-21 in uh, testing conditions um, Brisbane got off to a bit of a flyer and uh, unfortunately we weren't able to capitalise in the second quarter with the breeze and uh, you know we were playing catch up for the rest of the game but uh, look uh, my personal view is I, I felt like we lacked a bit of class. Uh, our ball movement, e- even though the, the the pattern of ball movement was good, uh, I, I marvel sometimes at uh, our girls' ability to switch play, uh, but we just lacked a little bit of class in that transition and we didn't really have a target up forward. Well, that's the, yeah. that last point is the one that I was going to raise. That's, I think it's one of the real key ones. And that we didn't have that big body up there to contest at least to to uh, actually uh, put some real pressure on them and also yeah. maybe take a mark or maybe get the ball to the ground. And that was proved when they swung, uh, what's her name, Nikki? you'd know who, down um. in yeah, Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and see, Nikki is useful. And, uh, oh, and they swung, I'm and they struggling swung, to think whether you are, but keep going. And they, <laughs> and they swung Allen down there and she, and she took got herself a goal. I mean, actually, it wasn't even from a mark, it was just the... Uh, just good play on her behalf because she's a damn good player. And, uh, yeah, it just showed all the players that we had out. And when you get have players out, invariably it's usually your good ones that are injured. And, uh, and they, you know, have your top-up players come in there. And how many do we have making their debut? Eight or nine players? Nine, Eight or nine, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. And and they made a good account of themselves too. Uh, young uh, Martin, what's her first name, Nick? I've forgotten. Uh, uh, little... Rochelle. Yeah. She was fantastic. Uh, I, I felt good. like I felt like she was almost our best player at halftime, um, and uh, she a really good account of herself. A couple of the others uh, looked a little light in terms of uh, body size, uh, and took a little while to um, to to I guess get the pace of the game. And uh, I felt like our skills in general were down. Um, we fumbled a lot. Um, uh, and weather notwithstanding, I felt like Brisbane were cleaner with the ball and they just had more targets. But uh, let's just spend a minute talking about Anne Hatchard, shall we? Oh, outstanding. outstanding. I love her. Well, what I like about Hatchard is that uh, she's uh, got very good anticipation where the ball's going to. She, she sees ball, she gets ball, and uh, she she's not frightened of any physicality. She's a great tackler as well. And uh, in general, she's a very good disposer of the ball. I thought she had, had you know, just about had the complete game on. Oh, no, she had a blinder, absolute yeah, blinder. It was a beauty. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but which head coach didn't give her best on ground? Because one of them only gave her the four votes it's instead of the unbel- five. Like, unbelievable. No, she's AFL record she's disposal. Not only did she have AFL record possessions, but the amount of effective possessions, uh, yeah. the ratio of effective possessions was so high i think the big challenge um while we're dealing with uh you know the outs that we've got particularly aaron and uh and you know those those prime movers is how to use hatchard because it seemed like in the end 
Anne was just basically given license to go wherever was needed and she's going to burn out if that's the case we need to give her a role um and uh you know and kind of stick to it yeah they they put a heavy tag on her in the second half and it it didn't work because she's such strong um through the body as well just like you said maca but she's a backup ruck she's an inside midfielder she's an outside midfielder She's got a great set of hands in terms of marking. She does sometimes still drop ones she shouldn't. There's just that little lapse in concentration which happens every so often. But um, she's got, as I think of somebody in the chat actually said, she knows where to run to the right spot. So she's, she does. Mm. she's very all-rounded as a midfielder, which makes her very hard to match up on yeah. and try and tag her. Um, I think we did, although interesting, her possession's kind of finished when there was still about eight minutes to go on the clock and she didn't get any other possessions after that. So I think she then went to the bench for a bit of a, a rest and came back on after that. So she could have actually got more disposals if we'd left her out on, on the field, which is insane. But she's got a really great penetrating kick. Um, she always kicks to the advantage of yeah. whoever we're, we're passing to. So... On the downside of that, the reverse one, where we had the problem in our forward line is Eloise Jones, she never likes to start in front of her opponent. She always starts behind. She gives her defender the front position and she doesn't react quick enough. So we were getting some good movement coming through that midfield, going to kick it up forward, and they were chopping it off because she was waiting for the ball to come out the back. She wasn't. She and this is a problem with Eloise. I really like her as a player and I think she can absolutely dominate because she's got some very good tricks until she learns how to actually get in front and read the play better than her opponent, mm. it's going to be a problem. Actually, mm. I hate to say this, Nikki, but you're 100% spot on about that um, because um, she was constantly behind her opponent and she's actually, when she's in front, she's got a lovely pair of hands overhead. And yeah. uh, and but she was they didn't come into play because she was always trying to do it from behind. A couple of times she tried to come from the side, but um, yeah, look, she, she, I don't know whether she's not timing her lead or not reading it well or whatever. But she, I thought she had an absolute shitter. She, actually, she doesn't. She tends to react a little late, and that's something I've noticed ever since she started playing. And I was hoping that it had finally started to click this year. I mean, to be fair, that wet weather didn't help at all um and she was one of those who was quite fumbly in in the wet um and I would very much um I just was just yelling at the television I had my coach in my head just it's wet weather football you need to be hard and run through the ball um we were reaching yeah very much very much so Nikki we were reaching wet weather yep um it's when we're playing wet weather yeah um one person that should have benefited from the weather I felt and was quiet was Ed Marinoff oh not totally quiet uh, I think she played a useful game but probably not right up to her very top games but they were tagging her too yeah she's got to be better than that she's uh, particularly with Chelsea and and Erin and, and those players out of the out of the team Ebony is a, you know, she's a foundation player. Uh, she's a good player. Uh, you know, she held the possession record herself. Um, you know, and so, and in those sort of conditions, her style of play, she needed to get around it a lot more. I would have expected her to be involved in the play a, a lot more. And I, I just felt like she was off the boil, a little bit hesitant. Um, whether she had a job to do, whether she was struggling with a tag, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I think uh, the weight of Hatchard's possession showed that she needed an offsider, um, and I felt like we could have got more from Marinoff. Well, I, I can't argue with that because, of the fact, it wasn't one of her great games, but... Um, well, you can't I'm argue with it because it's my show, but anyway. Well, <laughs> I, I, I love Maka, look, marvellous. Do, do you know what? I have missed you so much. I've, I've, I feel all this pent-up, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, I don't know what <laughs> what it's, something's pent up and it's all just flowing out. So I will just lay I hope, off. I hope it's not bloody lust, mate. I hope it's well, not lust. No, well, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Jesus, don't but, say that. <laughs> I'm as straight as they come. But I, I'll, I'll lay off, mate. I'll keep going. Um, I, I just want to kind of say that for those who watch the game, I love actually what Clarkie at the first quarter time break, just watching him look at the girls and throw his hands up in the air, just like, like really as if, as if to say, to, what was that shit? Yeah, that was <laughs> so shocking that first quarter. Them. Yeah, he just did that at them. And, but you can see, but what I find so interesting is you watch them, they're all staring at him. There, there's, not, there's no little talking going on in the background or whatever. They, you know, when he's in front of them, they pay attention. And then the contrast, the fourth quarter, he's, he's looked at the scoreboard, what's happening, the way they're playing. Okay, let's throw it around. Let's see what we can do. You, you know. yeah, the interesting thing, though, Nikki, uh, was the fact that in spite of everything we said, how bad they went and how this player didn't perform and that player didn't perform, from three quarter time, uh, sorry, from quarter time onwards, we actually outscored them by one point. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, was, it was that first quarter that killed it. It really was. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I felt like Clarkie got a bit of stage fright when he was mic'd up at, when was it, half-time or three-quarter time? Uh, it was probably the least inspiring. Yeah, uh, it was three-quarter time. Three-quarter time speech yeah, I've ever heard. <laughs> nah, that, that's, but, that's the way it is. I've been, I've been to training and I've seen the way he talks to yeah. the girls. That, that's pretty much close to it. It's, yeah. it's always fairly calm, and but they listen with absolute rapt attention. Yeah. So he uh, doesn't have to raise his voice. He doesn't have to do any of the other... The, things the, that you see other coaches do. The one player I, I feel like we we are missing that hasn't really been speaking a hell of a lot about is uh, Van Hagen. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I think we really player. missed her uh, her height. Um, and yes, exactly that that ability to present um, was really lacking. We we broke down at half forward so often, and we we didn't really get a lot of deep entries. And I feel like um, uh, Denny being out of the team really hurt us. And, but all, but also what she does is her, that linking that she does actually starts in the back line. She is the wing that we play that drops as an extra into defence. She's always the outlet player from defence that gets it out and then does the follow through. Um, yep. She's such a hard running winger mm. and you're right, she's got that really nice height, all those lovely skills to go with it that yep. I think she's probably one of the best wingers in the comp. Do, do we have yeah. any timeline on her coming back in? A couple of weeks. Yeah, we we um, will be better for her. Uh, it should be underdone, uh, but uh, we will be yeah. better for her inclusion. Now, we do need to move on. Uh, of course, um, next week. Can I can I just have a little recap on a couple of other things? A real, qu- real quick one. Hand? Real quick one. Yeah, just great that over the um, there was just under forty three thousand people attended all over. I loved seeing Morabin, um with the thin goalposts and the painted at the top and everything else, and, and it being a lockout was great. Um, I do think a lot of the expansion clubs will struggle. Um, I love the fact that Richmond got their asses kicked after everybody raved about how great they were. And- I, I tell you what was best about that game, Nikki, because I actually watched yeah. it. Was Bet Goddard just going the absolute thump for the whole game about why yeah. why the reigning premiers didn't get the opening game uh, at their home ground, why we were forced to go to Brisbane for Hold our on. first game. I was oh, going to raise that point. It was amazing. Yep. Like, and, and Nicole Livingston had no answers to it. Her whole thing was, oh, we're trying to create traditions. Of course. Yeah. Hey, Livingston, sit down, shut up. You don't create traditions; they happen. Exactly. Yeah, no, just trans- translated as bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, we do need to move on. Next week, of course, we've got St Kilda um, at home on Sunday afternoon at four forty. Um, you would expect, uh, obviously, with St Kilda being um, uh, less than impressive against Western Bulldogs, that we would uh, be oh. a fair chance to win that. And lost their key player. No. They, they did. They lost. Yeah, there were three knee injuries on the Sunday, which is a bugger. With um um, Van Berto, Van. Oh, I can't say it. Um, Nelly Van Berto. Um, from here. Yeah. Um, she unfortunately did her her knee. They are actually a fast running side, and it's sides like that that do give us trouble. Mm. So we're going to have to really try and cut them out. They're a side that really enjoys physicality. Um, well, that won't worry us. Coach, 
yeah, but, 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 you know, you try and give it to them, they're not going to take a step backwards like mm. some, some of the other teams we did kind of see a little bit over the weekend. I really enjoyed watching them play. They're going to click one day. Um, and it's, but not, not next will, Sunday, Nick. troublesome teams. Not, not next Sunday, Sunday Nick. Um, I, 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 think, I think it'll be an indicator of whether we're going to be able to ride out uh, the uh, injury toll. I think if we struggle against the Saints, we, uh, we're going to struggle for the season. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, look, that's it for the AFLW, um, and uh, we look forward to seeing the Crows bounce back on Sunday afternoon. Now, just before we do go, we obviously need to talk a little bit about the AFLM. Um, so let's crack into that, <laughs> shall we? So we're going to start talking about the squad over the pre-season and uh, I ran a bit of a Twitter poll um, about who people are looking forward to uh, in terms of seeing, in terms of rookies. Uh, and it was fairly fairly split actually, which indicates to me that uh, not only do we have a lot of untried players, but there's a lot to look forward to. We've had people looking uh, forward to Frampton and, and Ned, of course, and uh, Will Hamill and uh, a few others, and even people have mentioned uh, uh, Nixie as the new coach to see what he brings to the table. But it really indicates to me that uh, we've got a lot of untried talent that we're going to see this year and uh, hopefully a lot to look forward to as the season unfolds. Yeah, one of the names you didn't mention there was Chase Jones, of course, because I'm expecting him to have his have a breakout season this year. Mm. Uh, he'll get the opportunities, he'll get chances in the in the guts, and I think he'll go very well. The other one is uh, Mackesee too. Um, he's a, he's a bit of a chance, I think, to to even play in the opening games uh, with Hardigan down. Yeah, Luke Luke Brown was talking him up in his presser today. Yeah, and speaking of Brownie, speaking of Brownie, we uh, we got a new contract out of him too, which is uh, great news. Yeah, our first ever interview was actually with Luke. Uh, it was too, you're right. So yeah, good, well, to hear, you know, good to see him signing on again. Yeah, he's a good, very, very good club man, a good team man. And uh, uh, look, he loves to take on the, uh, the their best forward and uh, their best small forward and lock them down, and I reckon he will. And you know, he, when I say he will, I'm thinking of Eddie Betts there. That'll be a real, a real good one. But apparently, he used to give uh, Eddie Betts a hiding out at that bloody trading. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. And I think we've mentioned it before. His nickname amongst the boys is Silence, um, because that's generally what he does to the best small forwards um, in yeah. the AFL. Is he silences them? Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, of course, before him, we had uh, Miller uh, signing on on for five years. And that the reaction video when he told the boys, and I thought it was it was quite pointed um, when he made the comment of you know hope to see some more signing on, and the camera was on Brad Crouch and then it turned away. It was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that will be the big one, of course, because um, I, I can I don't think there'll be any of the other boys that we want to keep that that won't sign on. Uh, well, the interesting one was the one raised uh, during the week, uh, and one thing we didn't mentioned in AFL News was the uh, was the big push uh, to get Tassie involved by 2025 and it seems now that yeah. uh, with Hawthorne and North Melbourne sort of waning in interest and the Tassie government really ramping up their support for an AFL team in Tasmania um, by 2025 um, you know it could get up and of course you know <laughs> our number one pick of a couple of years ago was uh, none other than, than a Tassie pin-up boy so <laughs> Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah. And they might finally steal Hamish from us for recruiting. Well, that's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, watch that space. But, look, for mine, I think uh, my my biggest interest is in the forward line. I'm fascinated to see how we're going to um, line up post-Jenkins. Uh, and yep, with that's tech, where all the question marks are, I think. That's that's the area. Yes, absolutely. And with and with techs a year older and without the captaincy, uh, so that that weight is certainly been lifted off techs. I'm really interested to see um, whether Himmelberg can step up, whether Frampton can get games, whether Ben Davis can get games. How we use uh, Tommy Lynch, how we uh, use our forward, our small forwards uh, with Stengel and Co. 
um, whether Ned McHenry becomes a small forward or when the, whether they use him in defence. There's lots of questions. I want to use him on the wing. Lots of questions with regards to our forward line. Um, yep, even lots Crocker. Of, I reckon even Crocker yep. might be a handy forward. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I reckon he Crocker, might be a sniff, Well, Keys is um, on baller. No, he's also a forward pocket. He's also a forward player. So he's he does that kind of link play. Um, he was playing a lot in the Queensland League last year up forward um, as well. And... They are both incredibly fit. They're already pushing apparently a lot a lot of other players on the track, which is great. That's why you want them in the team. And they're only 22, so they're still quite young. Um, I thought it was interesting. There was an interview with Nixon when he was they were t- asking him about the younger players. He mentioned Ben Davis. Um, he's he's got a we've got to get him in the team and give him a solid number of games and yeah. put him in a position to let him shine. Yeah. So it could be on the wing. Oh, I don't think it'll be on the wing, to be honest. I, I think he's got, I think he's got a forward he's, spot. I, I think he's going to be third yeah. tall. Um, I reckon we might play Lynch higher. Um, but it's a, it's a real, it's a big year for Benny Davis. He's been in the system now long enough. Yes, he hasn't been given opportunities uh, for reasons that probably don't relate to form for him. Bloody hell! What was that? Sorry, there's a me stifling a cough. <laughs> I've got to give you the whole one if you wanted it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. No, um, uh, uh, Live podcasting, folks. Um, I love it. <laughs> Jesus. You just wait for Sundays this year. Yeah. Um, Benny Davis, a, a big year for Ben, and I hope I hope that he takes and no opportunities. From me. And no for me. Well, uh, based on uh, what? Based on what, Matt? You've seen him well, for one point. game at, at Cardinia Park, for God's sakes. I did see him, and I, I thought he didn't show anything whatsoever, and I accept that that was a difficult situation. But um, he, this could have been his year, but there's a lot of new stuff come in and new players come in. He's, his competition has increased drastically for the, for the position. But who's so, he in, contact, who's in yeah. contest with? Well, I mean, it's be, not Frampton. Frampton's the no, only but, other tool. No, Crocker. And uh, Chase Jones oh, will no, be resting no. up forward. McHenry. No, no. Oh, well, McHenry, McHenry, and McHenry, and do you do you actually know how Ben plays? Have you have you seen him play, Matt? Seen so him play in, in the uh, sample many times. Yeah. So is so he comparing him with McHenry is right? comparing yeah. him with McHenry is stupid. I mean, it's with all no, due respect. Just, what I'm just saying is, there's only you can only get a certain number into the forward line, and it depends on their structure. And yeah. it may well be because of the different players that have come will end up with a different structure, which may not leave the spot for yeah. him. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, no, and, that's, and that's a fair enough point. That's a, but I reckon he's going to get first crack, and I reckon uh, that Nix is a bit bullish on him. And he's he's an X-factor player that we probably lack. Um, yeah. And uh, all it needs is for him to get a run of games, I believe, um, and be played in a position that's suitable for him. And I think he'll give it a real crack. And I... I'm certainly not as negative about Benny Davis as, as you are, Macca, and I, I respect your opinion, but, uh, um, you know, the evidence so far has been so slim that, that that game against Geelong, he was just set up to fail. I don't know what the selectors were thinking last year, no. not only in picking him for that one game, but then dropping him straight after. Yeah, yeah that, that was the crazy. Dropping, the dropping him was ridiculous. Um, and for me, and because and Lynch still wasn't ready. Lynch still hadn't come back, yeah, that's and we right. dropped him. It, yeah. it was a ridiculous thing. But that Geelong game, he was getting his hands to the ball, but he wasn't quite clunking him. And that's that step up from SNFL to AFL. He was showing he was getting to the right spots. He was just not quite getting it. And that's why I was looking forward to him getting a secondary game. And I, then it I didn't think, happen. I, I think the interesting one is going to be how we use Darcy. Um, because, you know, when you talk about players playing for spots, Darcy and Tex are almost the same player, if you ask me. Um, yeah. And we're going to have to we, – we have to use Darcy, uh, which begs the question, are we going to play him in, in a Tex-like role or are we going to play him high? Um, you know, a, a lot will depend on, on whether we want to go small or tall in the forward line because I think – Fogarty will be in competition with, you know, Frampton, Himmelberg, those types for that centre-half forward spot? Well, 
I actually see more and more um, uh, with the Frampton players. I, I think his situation is related is uh, whether he's out of here in Himmelberg, who's seen out of, to be the uh, relief ruckman, uh, and you know, and resting in the forward line. Uh, that's what I would have thought, anyhow. Well, and I mean, and, that's and, a good point. and it's training. They've um, Frampton's been doing more ruck work than Himmelberg. Himmelberg comes and joins them at the end. But Frampton's been doing consistently a lot more ruck work than yeah, he not, has at training. But not, and I think that might be a bit of a hint. Well, yep. the, the thing with Himmelberg is that he's got to start clunking marks. He His hands really went hard um, after a promising no, start. They're, they're straight up by his ears. They need to be forward. Yeah, I, I know his technique suck. All I'm saying is he, he ended Nicky's up right. dropping a lot of... He dropped a lot of ball um, that he needed to take. So... Um, I would I would still put him in front of Frampton to be honest with you. Uh, even ruck work, I think he, I put him in front of Frampton, uh, but he certainly has yeah. got Frampton breathing down his neck. Um, and you make a good point, Macca. We've got to have that backup ruck, um, which makes it even harder to understand exactly how we're going to structure up forward with exactly Tex, yeah. uh, Tex Fog, uh, Davis, uh, and a, and Lynch. Um, you know, and a few smalls to throw in there. So it's going to be fascinating. Fascinating. We're sort of like ten days away from uh, the first preseason game. Um, what is it? Uh, Saturday week, I think, the twenty second. Um, so uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how they structure up. Yeah, um, there are a lot of permutations, and uh, yeah. depend whether they play a small uh, forward line, a tall forward line, and, uh, you know, as you say, who's the relief ruck? And um, at this stage, I I think we would we'll get a better idea once they start playing the, the two pre-season games. But uh, until then, I you know, I think we're just guessing in the dark. Yeah. Now, we are running and out of also, time. Yeah, Nikki? I'll just say one other thing on Fogarty is there's also the option to put him in the midfield. Yeah, Fogs is versatile, and I think that's why he'll oh, be in God. the Jury's out on midfield. Anyway, look, I want to finish off. Champion Data put out their uh, rankings uh, for the season, some contentious ones. But I just want your thoughts on each of the rankings uh, that they've put in for Adelaide. Uh, Defence, they've put us in at number eight. Do you think we that's warranted to be that high? I, yeah, I do. I think we've got a very good defence. And I think that uh, I think probably, if anything, we could have been a couple of spots higher. Yeah, our defence is good, but... Then again, the way the game is played, yeah, your defence relies on your midfield. Yeah, I. Um, if, if you're just looking pure skills and the way they actually work as a defensive team, then that's actually probably our best team on the field. I, I yeah, think I it's agree. a bit. I think it's a bit speculative. You've got uh, Hardigan struggling. You've got Talia, who uh, had some very good and very bad games last year, and seems to be, you know, half the time struggling with his body. Uh, you got. Tom coming back from a knee. Um, uh, Lairdy had a, a year that he'd probably like to forget last year. What a good year. I think the ranking is, as much as I think our defence is our best zone, I, I think the ranking is a bit speculative and we do need a few things to go right uh, to maintain a solid defence. I, I feel like in the key position tall area, uh, we we're not far from falling off a cliff, and and the young lad Geordie Butts, I hope he steps up and makes a oh. ma- makes an, a, so a we, play we've got for Butts, Worrell, Macassie, Macassie, Macassie. I'm I'm a real big G for him. I think he may well play this year. Well, he may have to, Mac. Anyway, uh, moving on the forwards. Uh, not surprisingly, well, surprisingly, I think that we're sixteenth and not eighteenth. Um, <laughs> that's my view. Uh, because it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, because I mean, our, our we went from being a very high scoring team in 2017 to everything drying up in 2018. You could argue some of that was personnel and some of that was structure, um, but we were Scheisenhausen uh, up forward. Um, so, any any case to be made for us being any higher than 16th? No, I didn't think so, Nick. Nope. No. Uh, mids, uh, we're actually uh, one off the bottom, uh, and I find it hard to believe that Carlton are ranked 18th in the mids, uh, to be honest. I don't think their midfield is terrible. I thought, I thought the whole mids was, was, was bullshit. 
absolute bullshit. The mid, yeah. uh, North Melbourne ranked number two in midfield. Oh, I just can't see it. Collingwood. Uh, I'm, I'm by sorry. The what? Length North of the Melbourne where? Second uh, ratings in the midfield. <laughs> now, don't forget this yeah. is a this is a stats company. So this is based on stats. It's not Owned an opinion based AFL. thing. Yeah, I don't know, but it's 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 true data. It's not it's not uh, opinion based. Um, and yeah, it, but the, but the way they collate the data, though, there there is a little bit of opinion in how they actually collect that data. Well, possibly, and the, but in and, any and, and, and yeah. In any case, that's well, that's another podcast. So, if I said, but if I said to you, would you take GWS's midfield or North Melbourne's? Nobody's going to say North Melbourne. No, no, no. And Nobody. GWS is down at twelfth. So, um, yeah, should, I mean, it's, it's farcical. Yeah. It's farcical. Uh, but nevertheless, I think uh, uh, Adelaide at seventeenth. I probably think I it's a little bit harsh. I would have put We're us. In the middle. I, yeah. Yeah. I, actually, for me, I probably would have said fourteenth to twelfth. Oh, they, that's harsh. I, I still think our midfield... No, because it is getting a little bit older and it depends on what happens with McHenry, Jones, etc. going in there for extended periods. But if you're sticking with Sloan, Crouch and Crouch, that's slow. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I think our midfield stocks, uh, and we'll talk more about uh, these zones in, in the weeks to come, but, um, you know, a lot depends on... Bradley Crouch this year, in my opinion. Uh, notwithstanding the young blokes coming through, um, you know, Brad's got to step up. I, I would have put us probably same with you, Nick. 12 to 14. Uh, I think we've got, you know, some solid players in the midfield. We don't have a standout at the moment. Hopefully one emerges over the next 12 months. Um, but I certainly wouldn't have us down at 17. I, I think that's ridiculous. No, I'm optimistic that with... Uh, uh they're putting some pace into the midfield, and you know, we previously we've always had five bodies, sorry, four bodies into the same. They see ball, get ball. Nobody's on the outside, and they take the ball away. This time, you know, we're going to structure up differently. Our structure's been shocking, and I think we've got good, good ball getters in the three that we mentioned, and we just put then you put on the outside blokes like Chase Jones and uh, Miller, etc. We've got pace, and you know, I think we've and become a reasonable midfield. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And look, on that positive note, I think we're going to call it a night. Um, thanks to everyone who joined us on uh, the Spreaker chat. Uh, thanks to Mark who and others who are listening on Facebook. Um, we will upload uh, the audio to, uh, or maybe the video actually, to uh, YouTube uh, later on. Uh, don't forget you can listen to us on demand anytime by uh, clicking on the link on our website, aflcrowcast.com. Um, thanks to all our supporters. Uh, thank you, Macca, for stepping in. I enjoyed it. Loved it. It's good fun. And uh, Nikki, thanks at all as always for your uh, inimitable. Uh, that's twice I've used that word now. Inimitable you insight that word. into uh, the AFLW. We will be back again next Tuesday night with more AFLW coverage and also a closer look at the AFL uh, Adelaide squad. Bruce is telling me to go off. See you later. Catch you Bye. later.